Hello, and welcome to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. I'm Isla Garcia, Master's Degree of Nutrition Science and Registered Dietitian, and I'm going to make weight loss realistic, sustainable, and uncomplicated for your busy lifestyle. On this podcast, me and my team of registered dietitians will decipher the latest nutrition research, dissect fad diets, and discuss social media trends for you so you can feel confident knowing what to eat to achieve your health goals. Research suggests that most weight loss programs aren't successful, but my experience has taught me that this is not because the participants aren't committed. It's because those diets are designed by non-nutrition professionals and center around severe restrictions. We are here to provide the facts about the science of weight loss so you can have the success you want and continue living your best life. Welcome back to the Millennial Nutritionist Podcast. It's your host, Isla here, and today I really just wanted to do kind of a quick and dirty episode about the five most common confusions when it comes to nutrition and weight loss. I kind of got these questions from an Instagram poll that I did, so make sure to go follow me over there at the Millennial Nutritionist or the .millennial.nutritionist. I always want to hear what everyone has to say and love engaging with my audience over there. And I asked a question recently about what everybody was most confused about when it came to weight loss. And I got a lot of really good answers. And so I kind of wanted to dive into the five that I hear a lot as well. So the first one is what does eating more for weight loss mean? I don't know if this is a new thing for dietitians or I don't know if it's just because I talk about it a lot more, but a big thing that I was surprised by when I started taking on clients is that a lot of my clients don't eat a lot, or I don't know if it's when they start working with me that they think that they need to eat so little for weight loss, they automatically do it. And so I'm always talking about making sure to eat more for weight loss, but I know that can probably seem confusing. So what that really means is three different components. The first component is that you want to be able to eat enough food where you are maintaining your metabolism. I'll tell you that honestly, the clients that I have that are the easiest to lose weight have a harder time eating less than the deficit that I give compared to more. So for example, if I have a client and I'm telling them that their deficit from their calculated maintenance calories is going to be about like 1,800 and they are like, well, I only eat like 1,000 or 1,200, they end up having a harder time losing weight because there's a component of decreased metabolism that they have compared to somebody who's like, oh, wow, I normally eat like 22, 2,300 calories on average. As soon as we bring their calorie deficit down that they lose weight so quickly. So make sure you're not under eating or you could slow down your metabolism. I've gone over that in multiple other podcast episodes that you can tune in on. But basically, your metabolism is what determines the amount of calories you can eat to maintain, lose, or gain weight. And the less you eat, the less your metabolism is, and it makes eating less and less harder for weight loss because you don't ever want to get into a place where you're eating like 1,300 calories or less. It's just really not healthy, and it becomes really hard on your body to lose weight. So that's the first thing that I mean by that is making sure you're eating enough to maintain your metabolism, and that can be determined by working with a dietitian to get your calorie deficit in check. The next component of it is making sure you eat more so you don't overeat later on. If you eat so little that it causes you to eventually overeat on the weekends or overeat when you're around your favorite food, that means that you might never be truly in a calorie deficit. So you might have a problem, like I was saying, like you might have a problem with actually overeating and you don't realize that it's caused by the fact that you're restricting so much. And I see this a lot with clients who 
say that they like in quotation marks do well on the weekdays. They or do well like breakfast and lunch and then they overeat at dinner. That's normally always an indication to me that they are actually really under eating or they're leaving out some components in their meals that need to be there that will help them to not overeat later on. Time and time again, I hear from clients that once I start getting them to eat more calories earlier in the day, they don't eat later on. They don't feel like they need a morning or like a mid-afternoon snack and they don't find that they are eating in the evening or even like on weekends. Whenever we add in more foods during the weekdays that's in a stable calorie deficit, it's amazing how many of them say that the cravings completely go away on the weekends or they feel like they have so much more control when they're at like a birthday party or a vacation or something like that. So making sure you eat enough during your day or during your weekday so you're not overeating on the other times when you're around those fun foods that you've been restricting so much. And the third component of making sure you're eating enough for weight loss is making sure that you're eating enough nutrients to make weight loss easier. So there are some intricacies of weight loss for counting macros and stuff like that. And a couple of components to think about is making sure you're eating enough protein. If you're not eating enough food overall, you're likely not eating enough protein. I find that a lot of clients who struggle to meet their protein goals is because they're only eating like two meals a day or they're just eating so little. I'm like, even if you just ate something, you would add a little bit of protein on because there's a little bit of protein in every food. So eating more protein really helps to increase metabolism and also to help you to feel full so you're not overeating later on in the day. The same with fiber. If you're not eating enough food, you're likely just not going to get enough fiber in. And these are even so for like overall health, but specifically for weight loss, eating fiber is a great bulking agent. So it's super low calorie if like any calories and it fills your stomach up. So it makes you feel full and you're not consuming any calories with it. And you get fiber from fruits and vegetables and whole grains mostly. So that's why it's important to eat your fruits and vegetables, but also just eat more food because there's a little bit of a fiber in everything and it's really healthy for you and it helps you to not overeat later on. And then the next component is making sure to eat enough produce. When you eat enough produce, you also eat enough fiber and it's that bulking agent, like I said, that really helps you to feel like you are eating a lot of food, but it's so low in calories. And something that I like to drive home to my clients is when we think about if you add more produce on your plate, instead of just saying, well, I'm only going to eat like, I don't know, this like little bit of meat and like, I don't know what else people eat, like a little bit of rice or something and just like not think of what else you should be adding more to your plate. You're going to feel really restricted. You're going to feel pretty deprived. You're probably going to have some emotional problems where you are feeling like you are like left out of the group and you're just going to feel really hungry and it gets you into this really negative cycle. So by adding more produce to your plate or your meals, you can feel like you're eating a lot and psychologically that really helps you to not overeat later on. Sometimes I tell clients when they're going on a vacation or something like that, make sure you pack your produce because when everybody is around you is like eating chips or candy, sometimes you just like want something to feel included. And when clients say, well, I just brought out like a um, piece of fruit or some baby carrots, they get to feel like they're included in eating time. And that's all that really matters. They don't feel super deprived because they can't have the chips because they know they could have them, but they know that it also will make them feel worse and won't help them through their goals. So eating more produce is also important for making weight loss easier. The second common confusion when it comes to weight loss is do you need to track micros and macros for nutrition to have weight loss? So quickly, micronutrients are different than macronutrients. Micronutrients don't get talked about all that much in my sphere because they don't have a lot to do with weight loss. They have a lot to do with overall health. 
And micronutrients are like vitamins and minerals. So when we think about like vitamin A or like beta carotene or vitamin D or B12, they are important more so for these maybe somebody that has like hypothyroidism or PCOS, but not for the general population. So we don't really need to be worried about those so much unless you have a pre-existing condition. So not that salt and sugar are in the micronutrient category, but if you, for example, have like hypertension or if you have diabetes or pre-diabetes, you are going to want to watch your salt and sugar intake when you use my fitness pal to make sure that's not going to cause any further distress. But again, if you're just like the average person that doesn't have any of these pre-existing conditions, you're going to be fine when you add in all of these other lifestyle changes. It's okay if you go over on salt and sugar sometimes. It's not going to cause you to have hypertension or um, diabetes. Just make sure to monitor it if you already do. The other caveat, though, is if you have low levels of vitamins in your blood that's determined from blood work from a doctor, and sometimes I will try to send clients to get blood work because I can notice that something's up with them or knowing that they might already have um, hypothyroidism or PCOS or their weight loss is really hard, I also always want to see, like, is there something on the micronutrient level that's going on and that's really easily told through blood work. So some clients do come back with a low B12 or a low D. I mean, honestly, most Americans have low D because none of us get out in the sun enough. And so that would be another time where it could be helpful for you to look at the micronutrient content. But again, even when I worked in the hospital, people would ask me if like, oh, my you know, potassium's low. That's why I'm in the hospital. Do I need to eat more? And it's honestly really hard to adjust those levels on a food basis only, it's a lot better to just get like a prescription for the doctor or get them them to recommend a supplement over the counter for you. Because if you have a clinically very low level, then it's better adjusted through a concentrated amount. And sometimes people even need it to the point of getting like an injection of the vitamin because something's kind of probably going wrong with how your body processes it. I do recommend for everybody just to take a multivitamin Not that it really helps with weight loss, but it's just good overall because we don't really eat a well-balanced diet to cover all the micronutrients. But again, that's more so for overall overall health, not for weight loss. Macronutrients, though, are very important for weight loss. And we think of the macros, the three main ones we want to think of are protein, carbohydrates, and fat. Protein is the name of the game when it comes to weight loss and macros. You don't really need to care too much about carbs and fat. Just because, again, unless you have like a special condition, it doesn't really change the way that you lose weight all that much. The only time I would recommend somebody to decrease carbs is maybe if they have, like I said, like insulin resistance that has been proven by blood work or they have like known hypothyroidism or prediabetes or something like that. Protein, however, is very important to track because there's so many benefits, um, including feeling fuller, increasing muscle mass, and an excess calorie burn that you don't get from the other macros. You only really need to pay attention to the other macros all that much if you're really training for performance. In that case, all the macros matter because they all have a specific function to help increase energy level and to maximize muscle growth. But you don't really need to do that if you're just losing weight. Just pay attention to the protein and just adjust the other macros to however you prefer to meet your calorie goals. Do you love our realistic approach on nutrition but wanna dive a little bit deeper? Let me tell you about the Millennial Living Membership Program. This was designed to help you stay motivated and inspired no matter what health journey you're on. We develop monthly nutrition and fitness challenges with prizes you can win if you stick with it to help motivate you through every month. 
to inspire you, we upload weekly recipes with downloadable food lists, monthly food demos, and we can even have a registered dietitian answer your questions on nutrition and weight loss. Our members form a community with other like-minded people to help support each other on their health journey. If you are seeking a way to stay motivated throughout your health journey with our method in mind, try signing up for the Millennial Living Membership Program for the first two weeks free by signing up on our website at themillennialnutritionist.com. The third common confusion when it comes to weight loss is good carbs versus bad carbs. Now, I don't really like to use the word bad carbs or bad food, but I know that other people use it all the time. So just know for this podcast, I don't love having to describe it in this way, but just to keep it easy for everybody with vocabulary, I'll kind of go through and and tell you what I think that people mean by bad carbs. The reason I don't really love thinking about food as good food or bad food is because when we add like a moral standing around food, it tends to make people feel icky when they overeat certain foods, which just perpetuates like an all or nothing mindset, which is just so bad for weight loss. When we learn about how carbohydrates across the board function in our body, then you are better able to understand that it doesn't make that big of a difference, all the intricacies of carbohydrates, when we should be looking at like the bigger picture overall and just like how you live your life day to day. But going with the good carb versus bad carb thing, what I think the media typically means by this is good carbs, I think, are typically considered like complex carbs, so have fiber added to them through a whole grain serving or like fruits and vegetables. They are a little bit more helpful for weight loss. I would prefer to call them complex instead of good carbs, so I will do that from here on out, but um, they help with making you feel fuller after a meal so that you don't overeat later on. Because for example, white bread versus wheat bread, there's not a whole lot of calorie difference, honestly, when it comes to white bread versus wheat bread. So like at face value on a weight loss standpoint, they're not really going to matter. But the wheat bread is going to help you to stay full, say like four hours versus the white bread might only help you to stay full for like one hour. And then you're going to want to eat something later on. So in a sense, the calories are going to be a little bit more worth it by helping you to stay fuller longer so you don't end up like doubling your calories by eating something else if you go with the complex carb, which is why that helps with weight loss. And like some examples, of course, are fruits and vegetables and whole grains are going to have that complexity of the carbohydrate, aka just like adding fiber. Now, when it comes to the bad carbs, which I don't want to call it, we'll just call them refined carbs. Um, These are your foods like straight up sugar, like table sugar added to things. So like desserts, sweetened drinks, like sweetened coffee drinks and um, super sweet fruit drinks and um, slushies and sodas and white bread that doesn't have sugar added, but it just doesn't have any car uh, fiber with it. These foods aren't going to be lower in calories necessarily, but they aren't going to keep you full as long. So it just makes you hungrier later. So it's just like not really worth the calories. You know, it's kind of like the same as if you were to spend $100 on a pair of shoes versus investing $100 in, I don't know, an investment account, you would get more money back eventually from the investment account than the pair of shoes, right? So that's kind of the same, like you're going to get, it's more worth your money or your calories to like invest or eat in a complex 
or a good carb versus a refined versus bad carb. What I want like to tell clients or even just people in general, when we think of these like refined carbohydrates, they're still not bad because everything has a purpose. You're still getting energy. Like there's nothing that's like bad for you to eat unless it's like poisonous or you're allergic to it. But just because it can cause you to overeat on something later on, it might be better to maybe save these for more like special occasions. So when we think of desserts, there's always a place, but unless you have it in your calorie room to make place for desserts every day, maybe think of just these as more of like fun foods, maybe like just on special occasions. And then also the general recommendation for wellness is to have 50% of your grains be whole grain. So swapping out that like white bread for the wheat bread, sweeping out white rice for brown rice or refined or white noodles for like whole grain spaghetti noodles because that helps you to add fiber, which helps prevent lots of diseases. So just do that for overall wellness. Again, it has a difference for weight loss, but not as big as an effect as I think a lot of people think. The fourth commonly confused piece of information about nutrition is impact of exercising when you are trying to lose weight. So I'll go ahead and say that I've kind of concluded from seeing so many clients that you've got to have both components. Even as a dietitian, I don't think you can completely lose weight just by having a solid nutrition or calorie deficit, or it just is so much harder. My clients who are the most successful have both down pat because you're getting the most bang for your buck and everything really has to work together in a cycle, which you do talk about in a previous episode, so make sure to check that out. But you've got to, like it all really like builds on each other. But at face value, what does exercise help with when you're trying to lose weight over just nutrition or being in a calorie deficit? You're going to burn more calories when you work out, right? You do burn calories day to day. You burn, like most people burn around like 1,400 calories from just like being alive, literally no walking or thinking or anything just because your organs take a lot of calories. It takes calories for your blood to pump throughout your body. But we don't want to be just only eating 1,400 calories. And so exercising really helps you to not have to worry so much about like being so strict about what you eat. You can have a little bit more fun with your food, which helps you to have a better relationship with food. So that's why it's important to work out just from a strictly calorie burning standpoint. But some of the negative effects that can happen if you exercise too much, because we don't want to have the mentality of like, oh, I ate a 700 calorie piece of cake. I'll just go on a 700 calorie run today or something like that, is that if you over-exercise, it can actually cause inflammation for some people, like especially those with a inflammatory prone disease like PCOS or hypothyroidism or any sort of autoimmune issue. Even myself, I don't have any autoimmune issue or anything like that that I know of, and I gain a lot of weight when I try to train for races. I think a part of it is I want to be faster. In order to be faster, you do have to eat more. So you have more energy running around in your body. But the way that my body kind of processes it is I end up just gaining weight. So we don't want to be doing crazy, crazy amounts of cardio that can cause your body to hold on to inflammation and cause you to not want to do it anymore. That will definitely backfire in your weight loss plan. And you definitely shouldn't think about eating your calories back because we want to exercise at a consistent amount for overall health and weight loss. If we're only thinking about exercising to take away from the calories that we ate, that creates an awful relationship with food and exercise and does not help you with long-term weight loss. We want to think about just creating a lifestyle change. We want to think about how we want to do this consistently and not just the mentality of, well, I ate this cake, I can burn it off tomorrow because that ultimately is going to lead in failure overall. And honestly, that's just not the way that calorie burning works anyway. But you do want to have both components, like I said, when you're losing weight. And just a couple of reasons why this like 
exercising and nutrition cycle is so important to have together is first of all, it really helps you sleep. A lot of my clients that have trouble sleeping, once we get them exercising consistently, they sleep better, which helps you to not get as hungry the next day because when you are sleep deprived, you will likely be more hungry because your body's wanting to get energy from food. So if you sleep better, if you work out, you sleep better, you'll eat less the next day and that helps put you in a calorie deficit. So see how all that's kind of working together. The second example is that if you exercise more, you can eat more and have weight loss, which helps you to not freak out so much about every time you overeat because it's not going to make as much of a difference if you overeat one day a week if you're exercising enough, which will help you to be more consistent because once you likely see a lower number in the scale or feel like your clothes are fitting better, you're going to be more motivated to keep doing what you're doing. And then the last example I was thinking of is if you are strength training for weight loss, which is really important, you'll have an increased muscle mass, which increases metabolism, which helps with faster weight loss and helps you to be able to eat more to lose weight. So you can see that all of it kind of goes in a circle. It's all important for weight loss. You need to be doing both components. The last common confused point about weight loss is what is the difference between water retention versus weight gain? Now, this is a topic that's always really hard for me to explain to clients, and I think that it's hard because it doesn't get talked about all too much, and it's kind of counterintuitive to what a lot of other fast weight loss companies talk about when it comes to nutrition, and I'll just start from the top. So I always told clients that you will always fluctuate within a three to five pound weight range. This is normal for you. It tells us that you have a healthy amount of fluid in your body. If you're on a higher weight, it might be because you ate more salt or more carbs because it holds on to water, but it should happen. We should not be trying to dehydrate ourselves just to see a lower number on the scale because that ultimately can make us overeat if our body's always searching for more water. So you'll know if you have water retention, if that number is fluctuating a lot. Like if your weight shoots up overnight, like if you gain like two to three pounds overnight or honestly even like one pound overnight, it's likely just water weight and you can see it come back down a couple days later if you weigh yourself that often. And so we shouldn't really care about water weight. We shouldn't try to control it. We shouldn't try to do anything about it unless you have like edema or some disorder where you do need to worry about it, but most of us don't. You can just be okay with the amount of water running through your body. It's healthy. It means that you're having a good life. We don't care about that we do care about is the overall trend and where we can tell if you've had actual like fat loss, which is what we want, it will consistently come down. So we will see that fluctuation come down over time by the, you know, the highest point of that fluctuation will become lower and then the lowest point in the fluctuation will always become lower. So I really try to get people to think more of their weight in terms of like the range that they're in, not really the exact point. So we can think, okay, well now I'm ranging between 165 to 168 and then in a couple weeks I'll be ranging between like 161 to 165 you know that's what we want to think about it we don't want to be freaking out if the scale goes up and again some reasons that you could have a high water weight day or have some water retention is if you are eating like a high sodium amount or if you ate out the night before they have a lot of sodium in their foods and it's just going to cause you to hold on to water weight temporarily if you drink the night before if you ate a lot of carbs the day before, if you just ate more food in general, a lot of things get stored with water in our body. And so just having more volume in your body will do that to you. But again, you can tell if it's water weight, if it just comes back down a couple days later. 
Another thing to think about is that when you, you can kind of think 3,500 calories is this magic number for a pound of fat that you gain or lose over your maintenance calories. And I like to tell clients, like, keep that in mind because that's a lot of calories and you've got to achieve that above your maintenance calories. So for a lot of people, that's like 5,600 calories in one day to gain one pound of fat. So you can also kind of consider that, like, if you're wondering if you've gained water weight or fat, if you have... Likely nobody is eating 5,600 calories in a day except maybe the people that do those hot dog competitions. And so likely nobody's really going to be gaining one pound of fat in one day. And then the last thing I like to tell people when it kind of comes to this is you can also tell if you've had fat loss if you feel your clothing is getting looser. Because a lot of times my clients won't have weight loss for a couple of weeks, but they're like, my clothing fits like a lot better. I'm like, that's actually what we want more of. We don't really care what the scale says all that much. Like over time, the scale should come down, but you should be a lot more celebratory about your clothes fitting better versus the scale. Because again, the scale doesn't show us if it's water weight, if it's muscle loss, if you have a heavier shirt on that day, you know, it does give us some good standing, but how your body actually responds is so much better because that's telling us if we're targeting fat loss Or are we just having water fluctuations? And ultimately, I'd hope that more people care how they fit in their clothes versus what the scale says because the scale is so volatile. You know, it'll be up and down every day. We'll just look at the trend for that. But we do care how your clothes fit because that'll probably stay more steady as you lose weight. It shouldn't be like, oh, one day my pants fit. Oh, one day they don't fit. Oh, one day it's like I'm two sizes up. Oh, one day I'm two sizes down. I tell clients really hold on to that pant size because that's the most important. I hope you enjoyed that kind of quick little episode about the common confusions when it comes to nutrition. Please engage in my Instagram again. And if you, if I ever prompt for anything like this, please let me know what you think so I can answer it in the podcast episode for you. Take care guys. Thank you so much for listening to the millennial nutritionist podcast for daily weight loss tips and nutrition information. You can find us on Instagram at the.millennial.nutritionist and on TikTok at millennial.nutritionist. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend who needs encouragement on their health journey. See you in the next episode.